Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. How would you describe Jesus? Would you use his physical attributes based on renditions and paintings? Would you describe the newborn or the adult, his character or his words? Think about that as you listen to First Pres Executive Director Chris Pan with today's message. Good morning. I'm Chris Pan. I'm on staff here at First Pres, and our sermon title today is um, Mighty God. Um, as you can hopefully tell from all of the Christmas songs and the Christmas trees and the candle lighting, um, today's the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent celebrates the season of Christmas, which is exactly four weeks away from today. Um, thank you so much, Becca, for sharing your story with us this morning, reminding us that Christ is a light in the darkness. Uh, Advent is a season about the anticipation and expectant celebration of the coming of Jesus. Um, it's the season to celebrate Jesus' coming as a baby in a manger 2,000 years ago, but also um, the season to uh, anticipate the return of Jesus coming in glory as a triumphant king. Uh, and over the next four weeks, we're going to be focusing each week on a different aspect of Jesus, a different name or title. Um, today, I'll be speaking about Jesus, a mighty God. Um, in the coming weeks, we'll cover Jesus as the Prince of Peace, Jesus as the light of the world, Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, we're also writing daily devotionals on these themes as well, so you can check for those on our website throughout this season of Advent. Uh, so today we've been focusing on the expectant preparation for the coming of Jesus Christ in three different ways. Um, one, let's expect and celebrate the coming of Jesus um, and his birth at Christmas. Two, let's expect Jesus' triumphant return at the second coming. And three, during this season of Advent, let's expect Jesus to show up in our everyday lives. How can we make this a season of Advent and make it a time not just for Christmas shopping and Christmas parties, but a time to grow closer to Jesus in intimacy? Our passage today is from the Old Testament uh, book of the Bible, the book of Isaiah. It's a book of prophecy written 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And Isaiah declares promises of hope and light to people who are living in darkness and despair. As we go through our sermon today, ask yourself these two questions. What is God saying to me, and what does he want me to do about it? What is God saying to me, what does he want me to do about it? Will you please join me now in prayer? God, we take a deep breath in of your holy presence. We take a deep breath out of our troubles and worries and our concerns. We invite your Holy Spirit to be with us now. May your Holy Spirit transform us. We want to be transformed, God, not just informed. We want to be inspired by your Spirit. May you open our eyes. May you open our ears. May you open our hearts. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's children say, Amen. Our passage today is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. If you are able, will you please join me in standing as I read these words? Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. 
But there will be no gloom for those who are in anguish. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied exaltation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Great will be his authority, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, for unto us a child is born. I love our tradition at First Pres of lighting Advent candles and listening to Advent testimonies. And you can see in this passage the reasoning why. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Multiplied exaltation increased our joy. A child has been born for us, a son has been given. A light shines in the darkness, and that light is a person. The promise, the hope, the light of Christmas is Jesus. A child born, a baby Jesus in the manger. That's the story of Christmas. But that's not all that Christmas is. And that's not all that Jesus is, a cute little baby. Jesus is so much more. And can we see how much more Jesus is? There was a movie from a few years back, a Will Ferrell movie, uh, a comedy called Talladega Nights. And he plays this uh, stereotypical Southern race car driver. And one night, he's, there's a scene where he's uh, saying grace before dinner. And he keeps on addressing his prayer to, Dear Lord Baby Jesus. Dear eight pound, six ounce, newborn infant Jesus. And at one point his wife interrupts him and says, You know, uh, Jesus grew up into a man. You don't have to keep on praying to a baby. And Will Ferrell says, I like Christmas Jesus best. And I'm saying grace. Uh, so when you say grace, you can pray to grown up Jesus, or teenage Jesus, or bearded Jesus. But I like the baby version. Uh, I think it's possible that we all think this way, especially during Advent, during the Christmas season. We think of Jesus just as a cute little baby. Uh, and so as we begin this Advent series, this season and this series, um, it's important for us to frame our celebration of Christmas not just about Jesus, a cuddly and rosy-cheeked baby in a manger, but to remember that Jesus is also a mighty God. Our lyrics from this morning's songs reflect that this, uh, this idea that Jesus isn't just a baby. He is a baby, and he is also a mighty God, a judge, a king. Come thou long-expected Jesus. The lyrics are, born a child and yet a king. 
Hark, the herald angels sing. Lyrics are, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. And of course, joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king. Roz, do you mind grabbing my water bottle from uh, my seat over there? Thank you so much. Um, these may seem to be two contradictory ideas. Jesus is a baby, and Jesus is a mighty God. Thank you, Roz. Um, Jesus as a judge. Um, I have to admit, the idea of Jesus as a judge uh, makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I also like baby Jesus. Um, I like Jesus who heals. I like Jesus who socializes with bad people. I like Jesus who hangs out and loves outcasts and prostitutes and sex workers. Uh, I like that Jesus. Uh, Jesus a mighty God. Jesus a judge. That one's a bit tougher. Um, and maybe the idea of Jesus as a judge makes you feel uncomfortable also. Um, but I think that you and I, we care deeply about justice in the world. And in order for there to be justice, there has to be judgment. Justice and judgment go together. And we can see all too clearly, all too heartbreakingly, the injustice in our world um, every day. In places far away like Ukraine, in places all around our country, in places even on our own streets. Uh, injustice. And our belief is that evil and injustice will be dealt with. It will be made right. Uh, that evil and injustice will not go unpunished. That through God's love and mercy and also his justice and judgment, God's kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, in a different era of church, judgment was much more familiar. Uh, in the Middle Ages, uh, to stay in good standing with the church, um, you had to take communion at least twice a year. And you know how often people took communion? Twice a year. Um, the very bare minimum, because people back then were so terrified of a holy God uh, who was a judge, and their picture of God probably wasn't correct. It was influenced by Dante and folk religion and medieval superstition, um, but they would avoid taking communion more than the bare minimum because they were so terrified that they would be struck down dead when they took communion. A friendly reminder that next week is the first Sunday of the month, and we'll be serving communion here. Um, I don't think the Middle Ages, uh, the people in the Middle Ages had the right picture. They were too terrified. But I think the pendulum might have swung too far maybe to the other side, and us in our modern age, um, we're probably too cavalier in our approach to God. We forget that God is holy and awesome, a mighty God. We think that we can do what we want, live how we want with no consequences. Um, you may not know this, but our church um, currently has four people who are in the process of pursuing ordination, taking the steps to become ordained pastors. Uh, those four are Heidi Lum, Carolyn Grossnickel, Jenny Sung, and myself. We are officially referred to as candidates under the care of this congregation as we go through the ordination process. So thank you for your support and in investing in us and training and raising new pastors, and particularly training and raising women pastors. Um, personally, I struggled for years with the decision to pursue ordination. Uh, I felt like God was calling me to it, 
but I really didn't want to do it. Uh, and I would talk to my spiritual director about it every month for years. And at one point, my spiritual director, he said to me, you know, to the extent that God is telling you to do something, you can keep on saying no. But remember, God is not just kind. God can also be terrifying. I was so taken back. Uh, I didn't think of God as terrifying, which is why I felt okay saying no to God. I think of God as my buddy. Uh, but when you read the Bible, you'll see that in the Bible, the people in the Bible have a healthy respect for the holiness and awesomeness and power of God. Jesus is a mighty God and a judge. And we can get lulled into thinking that Jesus is just a cute little baby in a manger and forget that Jesus also asks us to follow him and pick up our cross and follow him to die. Jesus is a mighty God, and we can disobey or ignore him. We can say no to him, but Jesus is a mighty God and a judge. Uh, so now here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want you all to leave today and be terrified, and no one shows up next week for communion. Please, we welcome you to communion. Don't stay at home cowering in fear of a terrifying God. Uh, it, it's a mistake to forget that Jesus is a judge. But it's also a mistake, and probably a bigger mistake, to think that Jesus is somehow a disconnected, impersonal, distant judge. Jesus is a judge, but he's a personal God, and he's a personal judge. A judge that we can know and draw close to in intimacy. A judge who knows us and draws close to us in intimacy. It's the same Jesus, that's the miracle of Advent. Jesus, the baby in a manger. Jesus, the healer. Jesus, the rabbi. Jesus, who bleeds and dies for us on a cross, is the same Jesus who returns again as a judge. The same Jesus is the same Jesus who judges. It's the same Jesus who chooses to give up all his power, come as a tiny baby, who chooses to suffer and die on a cross for you and me so that we can enjoy everlasting life with him, communion with God, just as long as we know Jesus, just as long as we draw close to him in intimacy. One of our core values at First Pres is thoughtfulness, uh, the ability to hold two seemingly contradictory ideas together longer than anybody else wants to, longer than feels comfortable. And so can we have this idea of thoughtfulness, holding these two contradictory ideas together longer, have a full picture of Jesus during this Christmas season. Jesus, not just as a cute little baby, but also as a mighty God. In the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, the author has this vision of the end times and of Jesus as judge. He writes this in Revelation 19. Then I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse its rider is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many crowns, and he has a name inscribed that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, wearing fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses, 
From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a scepter of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name inscribed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When you see all those cute nativity scenes and hear those songs about Jesus away in a manger, remember that this is Jesus too. Jesus, a rider on a white horse, eyes like flames of fire and a sharp sword from his mouth, leading an army on white horses, judging and waging war against unrighteousness, against evil and injustice, the word of God, King of kings and Lord of lords. There are two points in this passage about the character of Jesus that I think are more important than even flames and swords. And the first is that the name of Jesus in this passage, is faithful and true. Its writer is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. Faithful and true. Not vengeance and destruction, not death and suffering, not arbitrary and cruel. Jesus is faithful and true. And I hope we have the desire to draw close to this Jesus who is faithful and true not to run away in fear, because Jesus, the mighty God, always invites us to intimacy with him. He's faithful, and Jesus is true. So I invite you to take some time this week to draw close to Jesus, who is faithful and true. And the second key image image from this passage about Jesus' character is the picture of Jesus wearing a robe dipped in blood. What an image. What a seemingly terrifying image. But again, I think our reaction shouldn't be fear, but should be the desire to draw close to Jesus in intimacy and in gratitude. Jesus stands in a robe covered in blood. Whose blood is it? It's Jesus' own blood. Jesus, the mighty God, the judge of the nations, stands in a robe covered in blood, and it's his own blood. How does Jesus respond to injustice and evil in the world? He bleeds. He sheds his own blood. He gives his life for sinners, for us. And so we can draw to him through prayer and not in fear, not carelessly, but with gratitude and a deep love for who he is and what he has done for us. There's another passage in Revelation that Pastor Tim pointed me to, and it also illustrates these two aspects of Jesus. Again, from the book of Revelation, chapter 5, there's a scroll, and an angel issues this challenge. Who is worthy to open this scroll? But no one can open the scroll or even look inside it. No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth. And the author of Revelation weeps and weeps because no one can be found who is worthy to open the scroll. But then someone tells the author, stop crying. Look, the Lion of Judah is worthy to open the scroll. Look, the Lion of Judah is worthy to open the scroll. And so the author turns and looks, and there is a slaughtered lamb. Not a lion, but a lamb. Revelation 5. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. 
He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. Look, the lion is worthy. And when the author turns to look, it's a lamb who takes the scroll. And thousands of angels surround the lamb and sing, Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Jesus is the lion and the lamb. He is a tiny baby and a mighty God. Jesus is worthy of our worship and our praise. Jesus administers justice and judgment. He is faithful and true. And this Jesus desires to know us and to be known by us. Jesus is a savior. Jesus saves. He gave his life. He bled and died so that we can have new life. A few weeks ago, I had the chance to attend the annual banquet for the River of Life mission, uh, which has been serving the houseless and hungry in Chinatown for, um, for many years, from 1987. And in that time, they've served 12 million meals, uh, all in the name of Jesus and for his glory. It's an incredible organization, incredible people, thanks to Renee Morgan, who is a board member, uh, and also Chris Mashiba, members of our church who are on the board. Uh, and I love hearing what other Christian organizations on the island are doing because we're all on the same team. We're all partners working for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, working to spread God's love and introduce people living in darkness to the light of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your tithes and offerings which allow this church to be a huge supporter of local partners like The Pantry and Made in Hope, Revive and Refresh, and Chaplain, Chaplain Tammy at the Women's Correctional Facility. Uh, and so I want to share now a testimony from that River of Life banquet um, from Hilda Gibson, who is the chef at River of Life. Uh, she's been there for the last 12 years. And when I heard her story, I thought, man, I want everyone to hear her. Uh, because her story is about Jesus, who brings community together for his kingdom's sake. Jesus a light in the darkness, Jesus who is faithful and true, and Jesus who is not a judge to be feared, but a mighty God to draw close to in intimacy. It's a story about Jesus who is a savior. Here's Hilda's story. Hi everybody, I'm Hilda Gibson. Uh, I have so much history with the River Life Mission. I, uh, 12 years ago, I, I, I came from prison I, really, I was in the relapse prevention program. I was defeated. I felt lost, and I felt no, 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 no light down the tunnel, none. The River Life Mission gave me the positive and the confidence to move on in my life because I just thought, who's going to hire me? I'm going to be homeless, you know. But they show me who God is. And I seen this miracle started working in my life. Um, he showed me big things. And uh, brought that, that day brought me all the way here 12 years ago. Yeah. I love, I love myself. I never did love myself. But God taught me to love myself so I can love others. So I can give what I have. Because when I came, first came here, I didn't have nothing to give. Nothing. 
Um, I come from a broken family. Uh, I called names all my life and I believed it. I had so much lies here and then the River Life Mission get me, got me on track. All, every staff talked to me and got me on track that I needed to be. That's who I am today. Everything, I have a little of everybody at the mission. I could say the mission helped me save my life. I have a new direction. I have a, a vision. I have a goal. You know, I'm cooking for a lot of people, and um, I never kn knew I could do that. And, and they enjoy the food, and I just love cooking for people to just to see the expression. I think the biggest true I get is to see the expression because they always say, oh, okay, this chicken looks all right. And then when they taste it, just like their eyes just light up, you know. So I know it's something different that's happening at the mission and we're going out and my, my passion right now is to help the, the youth, the young people where I was struggling all my life and there were nobody, nobody came and saved me, nobody, because I was an ice addict. Because I was big, nobody knew I was an ice addict. So it was a, it was like a secret, you know, that I that I just hid, and it came out to the wash, and the Lord put me in jail. He put a storm in front of me, and I had to stay there five years. When I came back, I came out with nothing, zero balance, nothing, no clothes, nothing, and the River Life Mission helped get me on track. They got me clothes. They talk. They they show me love and. Each time I show, I would just cry. Every day I was crying, crying, crying because my parents taught me lies. Everything about my life was lies. I couldn't believe it. I was I was loyal to them, but I couldn't believe their lies. They're lying to me, you know. So the River Life Mission helped me get back on track. I had to get rid of one thing, and that's everything. I had to redirect my life. I had to think of, uh, get taught get my belief system going, my behavior, and my attitude started changing. And before you know, I can, I have a character. I have, I have, I'm somebody today. That's who I am. I'm somebody, you know, before it was like nobody, you know. Now I'm proud, I love, I love myself. I, I try to keep myself so many times because I didn't, wasn't happy with my life. I was really, really deep in darkness and the real life showed me Jesus. And Jesus, it's the only way I couldn't get sober. I couldn't get sober at all. Yeah, I had to go prison. I had to have that storm and take me. And now today, I call. I have people to call. I have people to talk to. I got people uh, uh, adopting me for for all different kind. My I'm their daughter, and you know the Lord helped healed my the cancer that I had. Four times I had cancer since I've been here. Um, I went to call. Uh, KCC, and I'm a 4.0 student, all A's, you know, just a miracle, that's all miracles that the Lord just showed me that I somebody today, yeah, so just like those kids out there, they're somebody, you want to get them and help them now than to get them on the street, addicted, homeless, angry, lonely, and no, nowhere to look. So we can help them this way, bring food to them. Thank you, So thank you so much for helping us, helping us. You know, I'm your fruit. I'm the fruit that, that you guys 
worked so hard to, to give to the mission, to, to put in the money, to put in the um, volunteer, to put in everything. I'm your fruit. This is what you got. You save a soul. I, I can never, ever forget where I came from, and that's from the River Life Mission. My roots started at the River Life Mission. So actually, I'm just 12 years old right now. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for hearing my story. I like to talk stories sometimes. and I, I used to be real quiet, now you can't shut me out. But, yeah, thank you. Advent is the season of stories. It's the story of an unwed teenage couple traveling to a foreign city to give birth to their son in a manger. It's the story of shepherds in a field being surrounded by a choir of angels. It's the story of wise men visiting a newborn king, bringing him gifts. It's a story about a mighty God who loves us so much that he came to save us. A mighty God born as a tiny, defenseless baby who grew up to eventually shed his blood on a cross for us so that we might have life. Each of us has a story to tell about God's faithfulness, about our encounter with Jesus. We heard Becca's story to start. We heard Hilda's story to finish. What story do you have to tell about Jesus a light in the darkness. Jesus, faithful and true. Jesus, a mighty God. Jesus, a savior. Jesus, the lion and the lamb. Will you join me now in prayer? Jesus, we just take a deep breath in your holy presence. And we breathe out our worries and troubles. We breathe in and just soak in your presence now. And we give you thanks that you are a mighty God. That you're a mighty God who chose to use that power to come and save us. And that you invite us into relationship with you, into intimacy with you. We just pause now just for a few moments of silence as we think through what you have done for us. We give you thanks these few days after Thanksgiving gratitude that you have saved us, that you offer your salvation to us, even now, even today. Jesus, we give you thanks that you are faithful and true we give you thanks that you are a light in the darkness. We give you thanks that you are a mighty God. We give you thanks that you are the lion and the lamb. We pray this in your strong name and all God's children say, 
Amen. Uh, thank you, worship team. Thank you for our team and our volunteers and the tech team and on the camera team and all our greeters and uh, hospitality folks for serving God uh, this morning all throughout this week. Um, if you would like to receive prayer, please, uh, if you're here in the sanctuary, there's members of our prayer team who would love to pray with you over by Lanai. By the Lanai. Um, and if you're online, feel free to click the uh, request prayer button uh, after the service. Please go to the Hebrews coffee bar, um, have some coffee, spend some time with each other. Also remember there is a mini bazaar going on today. Um, there are crafts and fun things. Um, and uh, if you are interested in sticking around, there is a, um, a women's uh, group, a Sisters in Strength, that's at the 10 a.m. service. So if you're around and hanging out at the coffee bar and at the bazaar, after the 10 a.m. service, there is a um, Sisters in Strength meeting where Laura Fernie will be the speaker. Uh, but before we get all uh, on our way back into the world, please now receive this blessing. May the love of God our Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. And all God's children say, amen. God bless you. See you next week. Here at First Pres, there's a favorite phrase, both and. Today's message reminds us that Jesus has many different aspects. And we remember the baby and the Jesus who hung on the cross, the compassionate healer and the truthful judge. Jesus is the lion, and the lamb. If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, visit our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Prez sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. Join First Prez for church. We meet in person and online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus, 10 a.m. at The Vine in Kaka'ako or online on the websites. And remember, when you visit the website, check out the news page to keep up with everything that's happening at First Press. You can also sign up for emails, listen to or watch sermons, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Press can do for you, please reach out through the website or you can just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.